0: been doing a series on the one another passages in scripture and uh, the one that we're dealing with today is the concept of washing one another's feet. One of the quintessential uh, virtues that any Christian needs to possess is that ability to serve others and so this is a powerful area that we're going to talk about today. Hi, this is Eric Hurd and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in. And we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into his word and I saw how much he had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years. And so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Eric.
0: Hey. Good morning, Michael.
1: How's it going?
0: You know what? Doing really well, because, you know, mornings are my thing.
1: Yes, they are. We just went out to breakfast. That was fun.
0: Yes, we did. You uh, you really served me. You know, you asked me, you know, you, you're hungry, you want to go get breakfast, but, you know, it was for a reason I didn't really understand, but then you explained you didn't have the key to the office, so <laughs> we had to go eat.
1: Yes, we, uh,
0: we were killing
1: time, so y- to speak. Yes, we
0: were. Well, man, it's great to be with you, and I love this topic that we're going to deal with today because you possess it.
1: Okay,
0: what are we talking about? We we're talking about uh, this, you know, concept of serving one another. And uh, you know, I remember when I was first a Christian, and that was a lot of years ago. And uh, the there was a pastor that was mentoring me, and he said, Eric, if there is one quality that is going to be the fruit of of the Holy Spirit in your life, it's going to be your ability to serve others. He goes. I, you've told me your story, and everything prior to Christ was about you. You you were self centered. It was all about the stories you would tell, what you want to do, your will, your your desires. And when Christ came into your life, He said, "Now it's about others, not about you." And so He really got me into that mindset of serving other. Great, serving others. It's the greatest privilege we have. Mm. Privilege.
1: That's an interesting word to describe it, because it can feel like a burden at times. It can feel a variety. You know, there's there's things that come with serving others, and uh, acting selfless, I think, is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love that you just referred to it as a privilege. Please tell well, us about that.
0: Okay, and and so, so why is it a privilege? Well, I look at at, at Jesus Christ. He's most amazing leader of all time. And uh, like in Mark 10, 45, it says, and the son of man did not come to be served. In other words, to have others serve him, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. There is a huge reward when you serve other people. And uh, and so the privilege is I get to do this. Mm-hmm. And and not only does the person that receives my service benefit, but I benefit Because I get outside of myself, I know what it's like to live self-centered. And that can happen in any moment of a day. It can happen a whole day or a week or a month. I know what it's like to be uh, self-centered. And it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. It it
1: seems to me like when we find ourselves or others acting in a way that's self-centered or stuck in ways that are self-centered... It, it, we can really be blinded to it. It's, it's hard to see. Yes. Is that right?
0: Well, yeah. And, and you know, again, uh, we've talked about the Jahari window, the four quadrants of life where I know things about myself and people know things about me. That's one quadrant. Then there's the quadrant I know things, and then there's people that don't know things because I haven't shared it with them. Most dangerous quadrants in the Jahari window is I don't see something about myself, but other people do, and they don't tell me. The worst quadrant is things I don't see in myself, and other people don't see, and and so sometimes you know this this thing of self centeredness, people don't see it or we don't see it, and and yet all of a sudden people are are um, uh, kind of repelled by our behavior because we're self centered, um, and. And we go on living in this self-centeredness and we start living a small life because everything's about what I'm earning. Everything's about what I gain. Everything's about my will, my agenda. And and that's just a really small life to lead. Mm. So yeah, the unfortunate thing is oftentimes self-centeredness, we're blind to it or other people are blind to it. So um, you've used this uh, old
1: adage a few times, the unexamined life isn't worth living. That's probably a pretty good application right there. we got to examine ourselves, right?
0: Oh, yeah. You can weigh any day on, on have I really served others. Now Jesus uses the umbrella term of, you know, of love, you know, what's the greatest commandment? You know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. In other words, get outside of yourself, love Him. And then it says, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. And what does it look like to love your neighbor? Serve. You know, and and I look for ways to bless and to benefit the people around me. And Jesus did that consistently. I mean, his ministry is just unbelievable because he always went after people that had nothing to give to him.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I don't care if
0: it's the blind man. I don't care if it's the leper, the lame man, you know, uh, the poor man. It, it didn't matter. He was not a respecter of persons. He served everybody that he was around. I love that you said he looked for people that had nothing to
1: give back to him. That's hard to do for for me. Like oh. if I have the opportunity to to bless somebody or do something, like you know, this I have a small boat and it's summertime. It seems like everybody I know wants to go out and get a boat ride in and. Um, You know, I usually – the people I invite out are the people that I know I'm going to have a good time with or maybe they showed me a good time already so I feel like I owe them one. Or, you know, there's kind of this weight or this measurement that Mm -hmm. um, goes into that decision-making. And it's like – I try to be a good steward. It's a privilege to have a boat in the summertime in Newport Beach. Um, But what's interesting is, like, what a cool approach
0: to just look for someone – bless that i can't give me anything in return that's it see in in other words like uh you're in you're in real estate and you know one of the things that you know real estate people do is you can work a room you might be at a party and a a next relationship could be a a a job opportunity yeah and so so even in that is that wrong no making a living is important but if my whole life is about what I'm going to get is what I'm going to gain, and I don't look at my life and see that there's anybody that I am touching their lives and they have nothing to give to me, then I, then I got to go, am I really a servant or am I just a taker? Hmm. Am I just drawing what, what I want out of life? And I, you know, in watching Jesus' life, he just wasn't a respecter of person. So you go back to your boat. I had a friend of mine who one of the things he loves to do is to take inner city kids out on his boat and teach them to fish.
1: Yeah, that's right. I remember about
0: that. Yeah. So so is it wrong for you to take a friend out that you're going to have fun with? No. But then the question goes, do I ever use my boat in, a, in, a, in, in serving others? Do I ever invite people over for a meal, you know, where they have nothing to give me? I just want to bless them. Mm. You know, so so I just have to look and say, on a scale from 1 to 10, how am I doing at being a servant? Now, let me ask you
1: this, because not everyone has a boat or this or that. What are some just really practical ways we can find ways to serve others?
0: Oh, gosh. You know, the, the, there's a, there was a movement years ago, and, uh, you know— um, uh, it, it's the whole area of kindness, you know, a, a, of showing an act of kind of, doing a random act of kindness. Yeah. And, you know, like um, I was I was driving into a Starbucks and I looked behind me and there's this mom. And I think she had like four kids in her car and I could see they're kind of yelling and stuff like that. And I just looked at the, at the gal. I said, how much is her bill? And she told me and I said, I, I got it covered. And, I, and, and so as I left, you know, it just felt good. That she's going to get up to that window and hey your 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 meal and your your coffee and stuff is covered yeah that's awesome yeah so it's a random act but then there's there's more um, direct acts like I have a friend of mine who has a military ministry and uh, down at Camp Pendleton in Southern California and that guy week after week they they provide dinner on Sunday nights and a chapel service uh, this weekend they have a huge picnic with a thousand to fifteen hundred Marines and their and their families. And man, he's at his best. He's his happiest when he does this. Mm. That's a servant, man. Cause they don't he doesn't get anything. He's not, there's no trophies. You know, he's not getting paid. He does it because he loves it. Mm. And, and see that that's you know, and, and the story, you know, this one another passage is wash one another's feet. There's this great story, you know, in the Bible in John chapter thirteen where Jesus does what is considered a nominal act, but it blows everybody away. And it was washing the disciples' feet. But I, I, I kind of want to set the context. So in, in the Jewish culture, you know, and, and they, they're living in an in a arid land, so people are walking around in sandals, and so you're on dusty roads and things like that. Well, a practical thing, the right thing to do when somebody came into your house was to provide a basin of water and a towel from which they could dry their feet so either either the person coming into your home washes their feet you could choose to wash their feet as the host or if you had a servant the servant could wash the feet well here's what happens so the disciples their feet are filthy and uh, and Jesus walk into this house the host does nothing he doesn't have a servant so everybody's in the house with dirty feet mm-hmm. And so they're going to eat a meal at this house. Well, all of a sudden, Jesus gets up and, uh, and literally goes one by one and washes the disciples' feet. Now, it was a very practical matter. This was not something that was like, like weird or something. No, that's what you did in that culture. But think about who did it.
1: Mm-hmm. The king of peace.
0: Yes, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the one who created the heavens and the earth, you know, the one who is Almighty, the Alpha and Omega, is now kneeling at these disciples' feet. And I and Peter at one point goes, No, Lord, I need to wash your feet. And he said, Peter, I let me do this. And it was a it was a spiritual symbol, like, I'm gonna wash your feet, but later I'm gonna wash your heart. In other words, I'm gonna take away your sin. And so he gives this illustration, a metaphor for what he's going to do later, and that is to be crucified and die for Peter's sins and, and for all mankind. But but in the, in the passage, he basically sets an example. He says, what I have done for you, so I want you to wash one another's feet. In other words, I have shown you by my actions a servant's heart. That's what you're going to need to do. And, and and ultimately, as you know, 10 of the 12 apostles were martyred. That's the ultimate act of serving. In other words, serving unto death. But but if you're willing to do that, then you can do the practical things day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So like and,
1: these days, we wear socks and shoes, and our feet aren't as dirty as they were back then. So that's a little—it's yeah. um, a little uh, outside of our norm.
0: Yeah, but—, but but the, he gives a practical thing, because again, it was the fact that somebody needed to wash the disciples' feet. Like uh one day I w- I decided to wash my, my my Tahoe and I looked at my, my neighbor has uh, a car and it's fil- it was filthy. And so I decided I washed my car and I washed his car. And now I wasn't expecting anything. I didn't expect it to come out of that, but he happened to come out of the house. He goes, Whoa! He goes, What'd you do that for? I said because I could. He goes, man, thanks. And wh- what is it? It was a practical thing. There you go. I love you know, and, and so I saw his car was dirty. I washed his car. Uh, you know, I maybe see an elderly woman who's lawn. She's trying to mow it. I go mow it. You know, it's the practical stuff. Somebody needs a meal. I feed them. Somebody needs a ride. I give them a ride. So it's, it's what Jesus said was an example of practically caring for others mm. And, and so this concept of wash one another's feet, it's not like you said, today we wear shoes and socks. So, But, but it's, the, it's, it's the example of look for practical ways. Now, as you know, every day you walk up and you get to choose your attitude. You get to choose how you're going to live any given day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I, that's why I love the mornings. It's a reboot. It's like a computer. Reboot. What am I going to do today? Yeah. How am I going to serve? How am I going to show the love of Christ today? So uh, let me ask you a
1: question. Uh, in this exercise of of seeking out ways to practically serve others, mm-hmm. you know sometimes you, the most effective ways you can have are in people's lives that you know them. You've been, you've taken the time to whether you know you just it's your neighbor that you kind of watch him day in and day out go away and come with a dirty car yeah um, but you know in Orange County like I, I don't know if it's just me but I I tend to try to hide the things that are hard for me mm-hmm. now I, I like to put on this facade of I got everything figured out I don't need help yeah right and I don't think I'm alone in that so sometimes it's, it can be hard to find a way to serve others oh
0: it is it, yeah it, there there is a uh, it's it's like a muscle you know um you know if you want to uh strengthen a muscle you keep working it out and and uh you're you're stretching the the tissue and and it comes back stronger i think the more you serve the more your eyes open up. Yeah, I think I'm a more. much better servant today than I was years ago. Cool. Because uh, there's just so many different ways you can serve. Like um, I'm not a shy person and I'll be at church and I'll see somebody sitting by themselves and that you see them staring. And, and I'll just walk up to them and say, Hey, I just since you've got a lot on your mind. Is there anything I could be praying for? And you'd be surprised at people's response. They're shocked, first of all, that you're even sensitive to them, and that you would ask them. But I've never had somebody no ever say no. Don't pray for me. Right now, there's things that are simple as that. But like I said, my 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 partners or my neighbors' car that was dirty, that was an an easy no-brainer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, I have a friend, and I, I I still haven't done this. He carries five-dollar gift certificates to McDonald's. So he said sometimes I'll be at a gas station and somebody poor will walk up to me and say hey do you have any money I I do have a McDonald's gift card would you like it. And he goes people just go oh thanks cuz they're going to get a meal. Mm-hmm. And he goes and, and he goes it's a very easy thing to do. Another guy has this medical not a medical kit but a kind of a, a toiletry. Yeah, toiletry kit, you know, where he's got the the shampoo, the toothbrush, all that. And it, and he'll if he sees a homeless person, he'll he'll give it to them. And so there's sometimes you anticipate, but a lot of times it's just on the fly. You know, somebody drops something, you pick it up. You know, somebody needs a door open, you open the door. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think the more you do it, the the I think you're way more sensitive. And it it, it it's, it's you can it's, develop this. It's a way of life. It's a discipline. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Jesus did it in spades, I mean, all throughout the Gospels. He's, he's one of the most amazing leaders of all time. Of course, he's God. But, I mean, here he, he's God, but he served us to the end that he gave up his life.
1: So there's a component to this that I'm curious about because Jesus is God. Right. But he's also humble in this situation, and he's humble in other situations
0: too. So what, what do we learn from God being humble? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a really, um, there's nobody like Jesus in that he's a, 100% divinity, he's God, but he's 100% man. So like, you know, when he was, on, uh, there was a, a story in the, in the Gospels where a storm came up and he was asleep uh, on the back of the boat. Well, why was he asleep? Because he was tired. You know, and, and like in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, if this, if this cup could be taken from me, in other words, if there was any way that I did not have to be crucified, may it be so, but not my will, but thine be done. Why would he even plead not to be crucified? Because he knows the pain. So, so we so have... A, was he fearful? Oh, yeah. Because, and, and, and he knew he was going to be abandoned that his, his own followers would would ditch on him. He knew that he was going to be separated from his father, which had never happened or ever will happen again. Mm-hmm. But but in that moment it's an eternity to him. See? And so, yeah, there was fear, there's apprehension, you know, he's a he's a man, but he's 100% God. But here's the thing is, as that God man, he showed us a heart of service that just wouldn't quit. Mhm. He gave it, he, you know, there's a, there's a football term, leave it all out on the field. Right. You know, because what's, what's one of the interesting things when you think about heaven is will people need to be served in heaven? I don't know. But here's what I know. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of need on this earth. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think about this serving thing. Um, you know, the, the story of Job is, a, is an interesting one in Job chapter 1 where Job loses everything. And then it says in chapter two, his friends came and they put on sackcloth and ashes, which is a way of grieving. And they sat down with Job for a week and didn't say a thing. That's serving. You know, um, serving is giving the coat off your back. Even though you love the coat, you give it to somebody who's shivering, somebody who's cold. And man, I, I got to share with you this one story. Um, um, I was uh, a door-to-door salesman when I was 18 years old. I needed to make money for college. And I'll never forget this uh, one time. I was riding to my um, my sales uh, area, and I was on a bike, and I got hit by a semi-truck, knocked off a cliff. I, I was knocked out, broke my sales kit. I, I, I wake up thinking I'm dead because I'm, I'm on my back, and I'm looking up at the sky, and it's blue, and I'm thinking I'm in heaven, only to find out, no, I've been hit. I, I'm sore, uh, I'm bloodied. I finally picked up my, my books and stuff, and I decided instead of going home, I'm gonna go to the sales area. And and so the first house I came up to, I knocked on the door and I'm holding my box with my books in it, and this lady answers. And she immediately goes, oh, come on in, honey. And and uh, there was kids playing in the living room, it was her kids, and uh, she, she goes, let me get a washcloth. I didn't know I had blood on my face. And uh, she goes, "Are you all right?" She go, I go, "No, I've got a headache." she goes, "Well, let me get you some aspirin." She gets me an aspirin and she goes, "Why don't you lay down on the couch? I went to sleep for like three hours. <laughs> I don't even know these people. I wake up and they're all at the at the dinner table or what they call the supper table this is the Midwest and they invite me over for a meal and they're talking and stuff and they're asking me what i what I do and stuff and at the end of the meal I, all during the meal I'm going. Who are these people? And and so, at the end of the meal, um, you know they knew I was uh, I was selling these books. They looked at them. They actually ordered some. And and I said, Hey, could I call the bike shop? I need to get my bike. And and uh, a son who was a, probably junior high age, he goes, Oh, you don't need to call the bike shop. I fixed your bike. I go, What? He, it's still emotional to this day. He took the wheels off his bike and put them on mine. What? Yes, I do not know these people. I've been a Christian maybe six months. And as I'm leaving, they all came to the porch. And my bike's sitting there, and and they're waving at me. And then I looked at them, I said, Are you guys Christians? And they just got this big smile. Yes, we are. And I mean, I still, 48 years later, that story is as fresh as all get out. <laughs> because who was I? I had nothing to offer them. And they gave me their couch. They they cleaned me up. They gave me dinner and they fixed my bike. Who does that? That's an incredible story. Yeah. And so so this this, you know, this thing of Jesus says, "Wash one another's feet." It's one of the most beautiful virtues a Christian can have is to be selfless is to give to others and man there's more than enough opportunity the big question for our listeners is will I step into it Mm -hmm. and by the way serving can get messy you can be misunderstood I mean I remember the other day I opened the door for a woman and she looked at me and says don't ever do that again And I went and I said and I just nodded I didn't say anything, but I thought, how bad a day is she having? What must have happened in her life that she couldn't even receive me opening the door? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you give to somebody and they misunderstand. Yeah, Serving can get messy. I just want to say that, but I will never stop serving because that's the example Jesus set. That's the example I hope I set for my family, but that's one of the qualities I want to be known for, that I was not self-centered. So there's even some risk in serving. Oh, oh yeah, to be misunderstood, uh, or people start to take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, you give them once and they go, "Hey, can I have some more?" You know, and 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 service has to be out of the heart of gratitude, and you have to be able to have boundaries with it. Yeah. So there's some people that will try to take advantage of it. And I, I'm, there's got to be situations that are inappropriate. You know,
1: you're an adult male, and some young girl needs help that yeah. you got to really. You know, consider the situation, or vice right. versa. Yeah. You know, whatever that might look like, right? But
0: I can do what I can do. Yeah. See, and and what does that, that's that's a good way to put it. What does serving look like in this situation? Mm-hmm. So, in the case of a of a gal who says, "Hey, man, I got this situation. Can I get a ride from you?" Well, I'm never going to put a woman in my car mm-hmm. by myself, but I could I could pay for an Uber. Mm-hmm. So, so, what does service look like in any given situation? You have to be wise about it Yes, you do cool.
1: What a great topic
0: It really is and and it's it, it's again one that uh that i i i admire that quality in someone else, and I love when I display it yeah. It does. It's really
1: fulfilling. And so I love that. So there's, we always kind of find this, I think, in, in the conversations we have is this, there's two sides to everything, right? Where there's our side yep. and the benefit in our life and then the blessing it is to someone else. So it's, oh. it's really cool to look at both sides.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things you know is that um, I love to put a smile on the face of God. And I think you know it's it's like I'm a parent, and and so I have I have kids, and then I have grandkids. Any I see them serve and help other people, you know, like the other day, um, uh, your daughter Sage, I, I was watching her, and Bobby was a little frustrated with something he couldn't open it, and he she said, Bobby, let me open it for you. And she had the biggest smile when she was able to open it. And Bobby goes, thank you. Yeah. And I, I just went, oh, that, just in that little moment, you know, is, is she was selfless. It's so and simple she, and precious. It is. And so, by the way, when you're able to do the smaller things, you build that muscle and then your life becomes the greater things.
1: Mm, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, the small things lead to the big things. So, um, great topic today. What are we? What should we look forward to? What are we going to discuss next?
0: We're going to talk about uh, how to have equal concern for one another. It's a very interesting thing, partiality.
1: Partiality. Wow, okay. Right. That'll be interesting so Bible, to dig into. the Bible
0: and see, because again, one of the greatest traits Jesus had, he was not a respecter of persons. He loved serving anybody. And so what we want to do is is look at this thing of of having an equal concern. Uh, and again, it gets to the heart of who I am. I, am I doing s- certain actions because of what I'm going to get?
1: Okay. Yeah. Wow. That'll be cool. I look forward to that conversation. And um, yeah, just excited to to see how, you know, if anyone has any comments or questions about serving and uh, going out and finding those opportunities. We welcome those as you can always reach us at at relationshipbythebookatoutlook.com or on social media. (laughs) Woohoo! Thanks.